you. Amen. Thank God for the potter. He's still working on us. Amen. Amen. Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. You should know these by now. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is... All right, that was so weak. That was so bad. Um, you can sit down. <laughs> We're on goodness. Um, back up a verse if you don't care, Shane. Um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We did gentleness last week, and today we're doing goodness. Um, I used to say my goodness a lot. Do you ever say my goodness? And my mother-in-law would say, it's not your goodness, it's God's mercy. And so I don't say my goodness as much as I used to because she corrected me quite often when I said my goodness. And um, it isn't our goodness, it is his mercy. And the, anything good in us comes from him. Anything good in us comes from him. And uh, these are fruits of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit. So to have these, you have to have the Spirit. Uh, I want to I dwell on that for a minute. If, if you're not sure if you're filled with the Spirit of God or not, we need to take care of that. And there's several ways that you can do that. Um, I prayed a lot, a whole lot. I mean a whole, whole, whole lot um, to be filled with the Spirit. I, di I didn't understand when I, first got, uh, when I first got saved. They told me that I needed to be filled with the Spirit. And I said, how do you do that? And they said, you pray. And I didn't realize that you had to pray that much. <laughs> and I'm sure some people don't. <clears throat> and I, I thought, y'all know the way I think, I thought the more I prayed, the more God would owe it to me. And so I prayed hard, really, really hard. People told me it was a gift. <clears throat> they said, oh, it's just a gift. All you got to do is receive it. Just receive it. You don't have to pray for it. Just receive it. The problem was I wasn't in a position to receive it. So I prayed, and during prayer, I crucified my flesh to the point that, my, that I could believe. Amen. God didn't reward me because I prayed harder, but I got into a position where I could believe and accept the promise of God. And um, if that hasn't happened to you, prayer is a good way to start. Seek. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, he will he'll open. Um, I've, I'm not sure, and I've used this many, many times, but I've never heard of anybody Receiving the Spirit of God while at the movies. I've never heard anybody say, you know, the other day I was watching ESPN and I received the Holy Ghost. I don't know many people that that happens to like that. But normally they're in a place where the Spirit is moving. So we have this Spirit <clears throat> and these are attributes of the Spirit. Love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Um, goodness can be de- defined as kind-heartedness, acts of generosity, graciousness. It stems from a kind heart. Goodness is the act. Kindness is the attitude. If, if you do a good deed and the deed is done and it's not done in the right spirit, it's not goodness. Um, you, you can do things and actually do the right thing with the wrong spirit and God doesn't honor that. He can't because he, he looks at the spirit of the issue. Amen. Um, Colossians 3 verse 12 through 14 says, put on therefore as the elect of God. Look at the person beside you and say, you're the elect of God. Holy and beloved. Look at him and say, you better be holy. I know you're beloved. <laughs> Bowels of mercy. Kindness. Where, where does this humility come from? Where does humbleness come from? Of Mind, meekness, long-suffering. These, these, these words are, are carrying over. You see that? Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. 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 Forbearing one another. You know what this word forbearing means, Kevin? That everybody isn't going to always be easy to get along with. <clears throat> Sometimes we have to forbear one another. And we need to forbear one another in kindness. And do acts of goodness. Amen. And the devil's going to try you in all of these points. Um, you, some of y'all need to be it, this, this is not just kind to people that are kind to us. This is not just act of goodness or goodness to people that are good to us. Sometimes you need to be nice to people that are mean to you. Sometimes you need to have a kind word for people that are out to get you. Sometimes you need to say in a kind voice, honey, put the knife down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You need to be kind when people are trying to do you wrong. (laughs) Sorry, that was funny. (laughs) Honey, put that knife down. Say it nicely. Say it nicely. We We really do need to be kind, and we need to do acts of goodness because we have the Spirit of God. Brother Eddie taught me years ago, the devil can do a lot of things. He can do a lot of things. Um, when, when you look in Egypt and you see that Moses would cast his rod down and it would turn into a serpent, well, they had magicians that could also make that happen. The devil can do a lot of things. The devil, the devil can come to church. The devil can speak in tongues. Let me tell you what the devil can't do. The devil can't love. The devil cannot love. And he can't tell the truth. So as people of God, the way this world understands that we are the people of God is that we love the brethren. But notice what he says. Let's go back to verse 12. Put on, therefore. 
Put on, therefore. Put it on. You have to put this on. This is a decision. You have to allow this to happen. Everybody got dressed for church tonight? You put it on. You need to put it on before you leave the house. (laughs) We live in a world that's forgetting that. You need to put this on before you leave your house every morning. What do you mean? Jason, I got to make a decision. My decision is I'm going to be like Jesus today. And you need to make that decision before you let things come your way and mess it up. Amen. He said, put on, therefore. This is a decision that you make. I talk about this a lot. Your garments in your closet don't do you any good unless you put them on. So he says, you put on. You're the elect of God. Let me remind you who you are. You're the elect of God. God chose you. He chose you. He, God Almighty, chose you. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. It was God's grace that called you. It was God's grace that drew you. It was God's God's faith that he put in you that allowed you to believe that that was God calling you. And we are the chosen of God. He says, but I know that that's who you are. You're holy and beloved. He said, but you've got to put this on. You've got to put on mercy. You've got to put on kindness. And I know some of y'all, when y'all do this, you feel like you're putting on. <laughs> you really feel like it's a put on. I remember when I first started worshiping, I wasn't thinking about Jesus I just knew that they made me worship, and I raised my hand because I'd get in trouble if I didn't. That's just how it worked. If you didn't shout, they'd make you shout. Some of y'all didn't grow up like I grew up, and I can tell. No, I'm kidding. I, I've, been, I've been in services where I'd go to church times. I didn't quite understand it all. I would, I would go through. I would, I would do. I would, I would try, and y'all know my story. I've shared it with you before. They, they spun in circles, and I couldn't spin. And they spun me, Sister Alice, and I bounced off of everything. Thank God for George Pendergrass. He came to church one day, and he, he, he didn't spin. He, he just kind of, I was like, I like this. I'm adopting this man's style. So when they would come to get me, I'd go, <laughs> just that way. No, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. And I felt like that sometimes in worship, it was a put on. I didn't feel anything. Some services were awesome, and man, you know when the service is awesome and, and the, the anointing is flowing, and, and you don't have to have anybody say, raise your hand. You know that, amen? Most of us know that. And I know there's a difference between anointing and religious enthusiasm. I know there's a difference. Sometimes sometimes it's just, it's hype, but then sometimes it's God Almighty, and the Spirit is flowing, and you don't need anybody to tell you to raise your hand. You can't help but raise your hand. You don't need anybody to tell you to stand up and clap because you understand the anointing is there in you. But there's other times, let's be honest, when we don't feel it and we have our hand up. 
And it felt like a put-on sometimes because I thought you were supposed to feel something. It was a put-on. I was putting on worship. you got to put this stuff on. What happens is you keep wearing it and you keep putting it on. It becomes part of who you are. Some people are identified by the clothes they wear. You can tell certain groups by what they wear. Amen? You, you can recognize people by what they have on. You can recognize a Christian when they put on bowels of mercy and kindness and humbleness of mind and meekness and long-suffering. There must be a difference between the believer and the unbeliever. There must be a difference between the elect of God and those that are lost. There must be something that we have on that this world does not have on. This is it. This is it. He said, put it on. Kindness, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. You know what's really hard to do is to forgive somebody when you know that you were right and they were dead wrong. Let me tell you what's even worse is when they don't even act like they want you to forgive them. I don't see here in here anywhere and I know we say this, well, preacher, it said if they ask, you have to forgive them. Jesus said if they ask, what if they don't ask? Well, then you have the right to run around and hate their guts. I mean, is that scripture? You know better. Doug was ready to shout. <laughs> he lit up. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't get that. you don't get that, right? He said forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any... Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You, you, you forgive like Christ forgives you. Now let me ask you this. Do you think you have sinned and not knew that you sinned and you were forgiven without even asking for forgiveness for that sin? You're nervous right now. Said, no, preacher, you got to repent. Let me tell you something about the blood. When he applies the blood, it forgives your past sin, your present sin, and your future sin. It, 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 it never, ever, ever loses its power. Amen. Now you've got the Spirit of God in you convicting you. Amen. And he's, and he's guiding you and he's teaching you and he's still working on us, Aaron. He's still working on me. He's not finished with me yet. I understand that. But this is what's awesome about Jesus. He, oh, he's, for, he's a forgiver. And as much as he's forgiven me, I've got to forgive somebody else. Amen. This is goodness. And it's not just goodness for them, it's good for you. This spirit brings goodness, acts of, of goodness to doing, to doing good, forbearing one another. Sometimes, Randy, it's tough. Sometimes people get on all up on your nerves. Amen? People can drive you crazy if you let them. Amen. Amen. And it's usually the people you love the most that drive you the craziest. Amen. 
Why? Well, just that's just how it is. I mean, if I don't care about you, you can't get under my skin too bad. He said, "Forbearing." This is something that we got to put on. We have to put these things on. All of these things are good. And it's the spirit of goodness that dwells in us. I got, I got a scripture that when I think, let me see if I got it wrote down here. I don't think I got it wrote down, but I know it. So at the end, we're, I'm just going to burn us all up. <laughs> kind heartedness. Kind heartedness. Kind heartedness. Generosity. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the, the bond of perfectness. What is charity? What is charity? Love. Love. These are the fruits of the Spirit. The only way we can do acts of goodness is if we understand that God's been good to us. If we think that God is out to get us, we're going to be, we're going to be out to get everybody. God's not out to get you. Know, he's out to get you, but he's not out to get you. He said, these are things that you've got to put on. You've got to put on kindness. You've got to put on goodness. When you wake up in the morning, when you're facing a battle, there are two voices. Some of y'all hear more. <laughs> but basically, there are two voices. One's good and one's bad. One's pushing to do the right thing and the other's pushing to do the wrong thing. Can I get an amen? When I was a kid, I don't know if they do it now. I, don't, I ain't watched cartoons for years. When I was a kid, on the cartoons, there was always a little angel on one shoulder and a little devil on the other shoulder, and Tom and Jerry's trying to figure out which one they're going to listen to, mostly Tom, and it's a battle. It's a battle. You have those voices in your head. Amen. You have to decide which one you're going to put on. The problem is we live in a society that is extremely selfish. I want you to do it for me, but I don't want to sacrifice and do it for you. Let me say that again for those of y'all in the back. <laughs> Make sure everybody heard that. We want people to do for us and sacrifice for us, but it's a different story when it comes time for us to sacrifice for them. We get this attitude, let somebody else do it. Surely somebody else will do it. No, you're the elect of God. You have the spirit of the Almighty dwelling in you, and that spirit expects you to do goodness to other people. Amen. You, you, any questions? Why do we think we're exempt? Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. Join the club. The we're going through it club. <laughs> you can be a VIP in this club. 
But it still doesn't excuse you from allowing the Spirit to work through you and do good to people. Oh, man. I, I know this, this ain't a shouting sermon. I know that. But this is just as anointed and is just as powerful as if I was up here telling you, God's a healer, God's a healer, God's a healer. Because you know what we need to get healed? We need to get us healed. Amen. There's some things in us we need fixed. Luke, this is a great story. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. I'm going to read the whole thing. Luke 10, 30. They said, hey, 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 who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? You know what? It's, it, if you really think about it, it's not hard to love God. Is it? I mean, all the good stuff that he's done for you, I mean, he, 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 he practically made you. <laughs> okay, he did make you. God made you, and without him, I mean, how hard is he to love? All the good things he does, all the, all, all the grace and the mercy that he put. He's a, but you know what happened is he said, oh, yeah, by the way, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, yeah, love God, but love your neighbor. And boy, that's when it was like they start interrogating. They're trying to get him twisted up. And they say, uh, could you uh, tell us who, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? And I, and I love Jesus. I, I love the way he does it. Jesus answered, said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Y'all know this story. Y'all know this story. But does anybody know, without looking, don't look down, look down, look at me, look at my eyes on me, I mean. Does anybody know the very last thing that Jesus says in this story? Good. Jesus answered, said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded and departed, leaving him half dead. And I know that we, I, 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 I wish Thomas was here because I was going to pick on him about this, but I, I love when he was talking about half dead, well, you're half alive. Listen, I want to be whole alive. I do not want to be half dead, ever, ever. And we, this guy's in a mess, Jason. He's in a mess. By chance, there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. The priest, the preacher, the pastor comes down, and you're thinking, man, this is great. This is, this is so good. Here he comes. The problem is he didn't come to church on Wednesday night, and he didn't know that he was supposed to be good. But you're here, and because you're here, you're going to be responsible for this. So when you come across people that are half dead, you don't get to pass by on the other side. Nobody in this room gets to pass by on the other side. I don't know what it is about those people at the red lights, when they're standing at the red lights, and the reason I know that they're red lights because when they're green, I don't stop. But when they're standing at the red light, I don't know what it is. Sometimes I look at them, and I can just tell they're a swindler. And then sometimes I look at them, and I, my heart goes out to them, and I help them. Anybody else in this room does that happen to? Yeah. But it's happening less and less that you stop them because you hear so much stuff. Forget what you hear. Let the Spirit guide you. Because if God gives you compassion for somebody, you're assigned to that person for that reason. Don't blow that off. Don't just let that, just don't, uh, whatever. No, you, you, oh, you could be 
who we're getting ready to talk about. By chance, there came down a certain priest, all right, and likewise, a Levite. Here comes the deacon. When he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. He thought, surely, I know the pastor was busy, surely the deacon is going to come and help me. Surely this guy is going to come and help me. And you know what he did? He passed by on the other side. We know this story. Next verse. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had, he had compassion. Compassion on him. Compassion goes a long way. You are going to get burnt sometimes trying to help people. I know some of y'all know this story, but I'm going to share it again. I'm at the red light. A guy comes over to me. He looks at me and he says, hey, man, you're not going to believe this, but I'm homeless. I'm hungry. I said, okay, here's you some money, man. I sat at the red light for a while. I went down to the gas station. I seen him walking down the road to the gas station. This van had two tanks. took forever for me to fill up. I go inside. I get behind him in line, and he's buying beer with the money that I just gave him. So I beat him up. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and I got my money back. <laughs> no, I just watched the whole thing take place. A couple weeks later, I run into the same guy. He comes up to me and he says, hey, you're not going to believe this. I said, you're right, I'm not. He said, what? I said, man, you told me you were hungry. I gave you money and I watched you buy beer with the money. If you're hungry, I'll get you something to eat. But I watched you buy. He said, that must have been my brother. No, no, it was you, pal. It was you. You are going to get used sometimes. Some people are going to lie to you sometimes. Some people's going to use you for all kinds of, listen, as long as you are doing what God has ordained you to do, I promise you, God will take care of you no matter what those people do. Amen. Amen. Where am I at? Certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Listen to this story. I know you know it, but I want you to really listen to what this guy does. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in. Who carries that around with him? He's got bandages, he's got oil, he's got wine. I mean, this guy is packing. He's carrying this stuff with him. Can I preach here for just a minute? I know we're teaching, but can I preach here for just a minute? Do you understand that the anointing that is upon you is used to bind up the wounds and bind up the brokenhearted? And you've got ointment, you've got anointing that can take the broken person and begin to heal them. You are packing. You're not walking around empty. You're not just a religious Levite. You're not just a priest. No, you are the one that understands what it takes for this world to oh, find Jesus. He's carrying it around. You're carrying this around. 
You're carrying around what the world needs. He put him in his own car. He's bloody. He's beat up. And he puts him in his car. That guy needs a ride. Uh, I just had the car cleaned. You ever hear the one where the guy picks up the, the picks up the guy? The guy gets in a car with him, and he looks over at him, and he says, uh, "He said, man, I'm really surprised you picked me up." He said, "Yeah, no problem." He said, "I mean, what if I'm a serial killer?" He said, "I ain't no way." He said, "How you figure?" He said, "The odds of two serial killers being in the same car at the same time, it's none." <laughs> said, "The odds of that are slim to none, pal." No, you're not. Because he puts him in his car. He put him on his own beast, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Let's be honest. We would have evaluated the situation. We would have tried to figure out if the person deserved to be there or not. We would have tried to figure out, have I seen him up here before? What did they do to get here? I wonder exactly what the situation was. I'm a little bit too busy right now. I'm sure this guy was busy too. This road was traveled very in, in a hurry. That's why the other two didn't stop because it was a dangerous road. The thieves were down there all the time. They knew that, which is why I believe the Samaritan had the stuff with him. But oh man, do you are you listening to me? I believe he understood exactly where he was going and he came with something in case somebody needed what he had. He was ready. And he took care of him. I know we're busy, but we got the Spirit of God in us, and we got to find somebody to take care of, to show the love of God to, so that we can be a witness for the kingdom that Jesus still loves you. No matter if you deserve to be there or not, he still loves you. Wow. He pound up his wounds. He pulls in oil. He pulls in wine. He does all that. He brings him to the end. He takes care of him. And if that's not enough, Next verse. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. What obligation did he have? He didn't know him. I love the way Jesus does this. He says, oh, yeah, by the way, a certain Samaritan. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but the Jews didn't have any dealings with the Samaritans. So Jesus points out that the priest and the Levite, those religious folks, passed by the other side. Not this guy. I will repay thee. Next verse. Which now of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? There's the question. Does anybody know? Which one was the neighbor? Next verse. And he said, he that showed mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him. Oh, man, so sad you came today. 
Because now you're responsible for this verse. Go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. I'm going to tell you this. Without the Spirit of God, you're not going to do it. Without God, but here's the problem. The Spirit of God is bidding us to do stuff, and we're not doing it. Amen. Amen. You know, I should have went. I should have this. I should have that. But I didn't have time. Here's my scripture. I'm going to get all of us. You ready for this? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Ready? Or do you just want me to leave it alone so ignorance is bliss and you won't be responsible for it? Okay, they said go on. So the rest of y'all deal with it. If you know to do good and you don't do it, it's a sin. If you know to do good and you don't do good, it's a sin. It is a sin. So when the Spirit bids you and you don't do it, you're sinning. It's not that you're not getting extra credit. It's you are sinning. Well, I'm doing this for my crown. No, I don't need that for my crown. No, it's a sin. It's a sin. The Spirit is put in you so that it can guide you so that you can be a witness to the world of who Jesus is. And if we keep, and we, I know we use this, oh, don't quench the spirit. And we think that's in a church service that when God uh, bids you to go lay hands on somebody, you don't do it. You're, you know what? You can quench the spirit at Walmart. If God puts it on your heart to talk to somebody or witness to somebody, you, you can be the answer that that person needs. I, I, I want to do more good. I want goodness to come out of me. I don't know if these lessons are helping y'all. They're helping me. I'm a nicer person sometimes. I fail. I sure do. I fail. And, but as soon as I fail, I say, man, Jesus, forgive me. I really, I really blew that one. And I got up there and I told everybody to be gentle, and I was totally not gentle. Thank God for his grace, right? So you know what you need to do? You need to get up and be more gentler. We need to show more goodness. This world needs us. And it needs us to let the Spirit move through us. Amen? He said, go thou and do likewise. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. I want you to help somebody. I want you to be that guy. That guy. What are you doing on helping somebody? I know a guy that used to get a gas can and fill it up and drive up and down the interstate. I said, man, I got that state farm, courtesy patrol, rolling up and down the interstate. They'll, they'll, they'll fill them up. But when I pull up, I tell them, I'm doing this in the name of the Lord. It's free. I just wanted to help you. I just wanted to help you. I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, there's something good that you can do. People need you. Come on, musicians. Come on. It's the spirit in us. Bids us to do good. Every person in here 
has been helped by somebody. I don't care where you are in life, somebody helped you get there. Amen? And there's people that need you to help them. Well, preacher, I can't do it. You know what you can do? You can pray for them. You can pray on their behalf. You can bake them a cake in the name of Jesus. I will never forget looking out Brother Eddie's window one day and he was out there blowing leaves. His yard is so clean, it's disgusting. It's so pretty, I hate it. <laughs> it makes me feel so horrible about my weeds. <laughs> and I watched him out there, and he's got this blower, and he's blowing the leaves. And he's blowing these that way and these that way into the neighbor's yard. I said, this is so awesome. This is why his yard looks so good. This is why his yard looks so good. He was blowing it under the fence. I was, I was kind of amazed, kind of stunned. And I, I was like, man. And then I watched him. You know what he did? He walked around and he cleaned up their yards too. I, I watched all this go down. I was kind of bewildered. Like, is he really going to leave that over there? I mean, no. He went over there and took care of theirs too. Why do you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because the Spirit of God dwells in you. You know what's amazing about it too? Is when you're good to people. You love people and you're kind to people and you're gentle with people and you're a Christian with people. When they got a need, you know who they're going to come to? They're going to come to you. Amen. We got an awesome responsibility. Awesome, awesome responsibility. I left out a scripture, didn't I, Shane? Did I? I did. I did. Let me read this. Can I, can I have a minute? One more minute. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. <laughs> One scripture, verse 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that. Amen. Next verse. For he that soweth to his shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap. Man, that's, that's awesome, right? Next verse. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Last verse. As we therefore, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto What's all in Greek mean? All. All men. All men. 
All men. Well, preacher, what fellowship have light with darkness? All men. All men. Well, they, there's some people that live across the road. Now, I don't know if they're married or not, but they're shacked up. Should I do? All men. All men. Well, that guy claims to be this, and he claims to be that, and I think I, all men. All men. He said do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We ought to be good to each other. We really ought to be good to each other. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. God, help us, Lord, to understand how important these attributes are in us. And God, that we got to put them on. It's a decision that we have to make. God, help us to stop being so selfish, Lord. Because it's about your kingdom. And we know that in due time, Lord, we're going to reap. Help us, Lord, not to be weary in doing well. Let us be a witness. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. You can stand up if you want. You can sit down if you want. We're going to sing a song. Uh, we have a prayer request, and we need a prayer cloth. Is that right?